You're listening to stevefogg.com podcast. 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 A conversation designed to help you increase your influence online and create more impact. 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 And here's your host, Steve Fogg. Steve Fogg. Steve Fogg. Hey everyone, it's Steve Fogg here. Welcome to my podcast. Today we have a very special guest and church communications veteran of over kind of 32 years experience in the creative world. Uh, Mark's been a, a former senior creative director at a large Canadian ad agency. He's um, director of communications, he's a Bible teacher, he's a president of a national church branding agency, be known for something, and he's got a gazillion uh, social media followers, and he is the place that I go to for church branding, church communications. I subscribe to Mark's blog and I love seeing Mark, your emails in the inbox that I get from you. So I'm really honored to, to chat to you today. It's great to have you with you. Well, it's so great to be with you. And, and I feel the exact same way about you because I follow everything that you say and do. And uh, it's nice to always be able to, to keep track of what other people are doing, especially around the world. Um, there's, there's church communicators everywhere, just as, as Jesus commanded us to. Yeah, look, like, I, I'm so pumped that we actually finally get to speak because basically for everyone who's listening, the only time I get to see Mark is when he's speaking at uh, an event for the Center for Church Communications and he normally drops really incredible insights into church communications. So that's one world that Mark that I see you in, but then I see you in this other world, which is called male model. Um, <laughs> so I see you in my Facebook feed in various ads for various things with those pearly white teeth kind of beaming down at me. Tell me what's that is, what is that about? That is about God's provision because when uh, when I graduated from college, I, I like when I got off the ark, um, I I thought I had a job, and then that job fell through, and I thought, well, how am I going to make some money? And there was an um, an you know a modeling agency nearby, and I I I walked in, and I ended up uh, doing male modeling fashion work in Canada. And then I ended up teaching the male modeling uh, com component of it. And then when we moved to the States, we're in North Carolina now. So 17 years ago, yeah. uh, we set up the company and uh, I said, okay, well, we're going to target churches. We're really going to start working with them and loving on them. Set up this agency. And then 9-11 happened almost instantly after that. And uh and there was that great sucking sound that happened in all of business and everyone just pulled back. And what I had said to my wife was when we moved to the States, I just won't be modeling. And, uh, and then I thought, you know what, I am going to have a little extra free time. So I, I signed up with, uh, an agent here, uh, one of the largest South, uh, agents in the Southeast. And, uh, and I get to do work for Tommy Hilfiger, Volkswagen, Ford, Toyota. I want to make sure I, I, I say all the competing things back and forth, but, um, but it's, it's really, it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, I continue to do that. I don't tell a lot of my pastors that I work with that I do it. So thank you for introducing that world to them. That's okay. That's okay. 
has, you know, we're all known for something, right? And you're normally known as the church communications guru and you help churches so well. And it's just, I just love that little bit of side to you that, you know, if anyone sees you on, on, in the seminars, they see the serious side to you, but there's a different side to you as well. And, you know, if anyone sees my social media feed, they're going to see that I love cycling uh, and coffee and cycling and coffee and cycling and coffee. And you know, we all get known for something. Now, you have written a book called Be Known for Something. And why don't you sh- tell me, whoa, he's got a copy there for everyone that's listening. He's got, it's a hard copy in front of him, which is fantastic. And I'm going to um, give a copy of this book away. Um, so we're going to have a little competition. Oh, I'll just great. take it through the internet. That's it. <clears throat> I'm going to give a copy of this book away. Uh, for all you listeners, so I'm really excited to be able to do that. And um, but just tell me, uh, kind of, why did you write the book? Well, you know, it's interesting because um, we talked a little bit before we started recording here, and and I mean, we both have that uh, same reaction uh, with a lot of churches that we deal with, where they say, you know what, I'm not sure about marketing. I'm really not sure about whether we should do advertising. And it just seems so businessy somehow. Yeah. Um, and through the years, as I, you know, I've been working with the church for quite a while, um, I've seen them soften their message, but still there's some people that are just skeptical of that. The idea of, you know, how do you, how do you use marketing principles? Well, ultimately be known for something is just a way of saying branding. And oftentimes when I talk to a church, they say, ah, yeah, brand. I mean, yes. Have you seen our new logo? And, and it's not about your logo at all. Um, In fact, it's more about that foundational uh, idea of your reputation. What is your reputation in your community? And what I've realized over my life, as I've gotten older and I'm in my, my fifties now, and I'm at a point where I just, I take a look and I say, so what is my reputation? What have I done to influence the world? And then when I look at the church and I say, um, so what has the church been able to accomplish? Oftentimes, you know, we're seeing a lot of churches in decline or stagnation where they're just not able to achieve a um, what I believe that God wants us to achieve because our reputation kind of isn't all that great. You know, there was this, there's a huge uh, reputation um, per, perception uh, study that was done worldwide. And they, they took a look at, um, you know, religious terms and they said, um, so what about Jesus? What, what do you think his perception is? And Interestingly, across the world, when you think about all the world religions, and some of them are pretty anti-Jesus, even still, when, when Jesus is, is uh, you know, served up to them to say, so what's, what's your perception of him? Um, it's incredibly high. Like, you know, it's in the 80s or something. Like, I mean, it, it's really, really high. And then they, they said, okay, so what about church? And then there's like this gasp that happens worldwide and they go, uh, yeah. And they, and we get these incredibly low numbers. So in the, in the business world, we call that, you know, a distribution problem. Yeah. 
you have this great, great message, but people hate the way this is being distributed. So, so we want to take a, a step back. And, and what I did was I, I started walking through everything from, you know, the beginning of the book all the way to, uh, to the end. I just wanted to say, okay, so what are you known for? Can you imagine how much more relevant you'll become if you figure out what you are known for, what your perception is? How do you revitalize that reputation so that you actually reconnect with your community and that the community actually starts paying attention to you, not on a church level, but on a level where they actually need you? Yeah, yeah. I'll look, I completely agree. And I, I just remember um, uh, about three years ago, I used to go to the gym. And um, I had a membership and I just remember one day, um, you know, when you've done a workout and you're kind of walking and you're pumped, you are absolutely kind of, you know, you're feeling on top of the world, like nothing can knock you down. And I, I walked out of the gym feeling like that. And I just remember going into the changing room thinking, man, I, I am so pumped. I feel so strong. And then I walked past the mirror in the gym and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was bright red. I looked like I'd just been put through the ringer. I, it wasn't an accurate perception of how I felt. It was completely the opposite. And sometimes I think church is going to have that same perception. We can feel one way and we can feel like we're perceived one way. And just like I was in the gym where uh, I was feeling like Arnie Schwarzenegger, you know, I'm feeling so fit. I'm triathlon man, you know. But in reality, we're kind of this sad, pathetic figure that from, from other people's perceptions, how well said, I, because, you know, I, I get to travel and work with churches all across the states. And uh, in fact, in a, in a couple hours, I'm headed to, uh, to another part of the United States to do a mystery visit for a church. And, and what I find is that what an outsider can come in and, and it just opens their eyes because everyone's so, it's like, oh my goodness, we're, our church is just so wonderful. We, we're doing such a great job. Like, in fact, everybody in our area, they of course know who we are. They know everything about us. And then, so I always get the church to, okay, well, set me up in a hotel on a Saturday night. I'll come and I'll experience your services for the first time on Sunday. Well, when I check into the hotel, like what I'll do today, um, I'll... I'll say to the the hotel clerk, um, you know what? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be here over the weekend. Um, is there a church that I could go to? And I get this awkward, blank stare back at me of, um, uh, no, no one's ever asked me that before. I really don't know of any church. Well, now, so the church has booked me. They book me under their name oftentimes, so they've just seen that kind of come up. And then they'll scramble around, they'll hand the piece of paper to me with a list of churches. And I'll just go, um, which one should I go to? Sometimes the church is like within sight distance of the hotel and they won't recommend the church because for the most part, our communities are so busy with so many other things. And there's so much noise in our marketing that there's no one, nothing stands out. Yeah. They, they know that there's churches but they know that the church probably isn't for them. And, and that's where we have to become known for something that will make us, you know, you know, it's called brand positioning. It makes us position ourselves a little bit different from all these churches so that people go, you know what, I, 
I don't want church, nah, but I do need that. Yep. And, and our churches have the solution of Jesus Christ. However, we have to figure out, so how do we get them to at least start looking towards him who is perceived as, as very high, but we have to start saying, okay, so every day you're waking up with these concerns. We would like to help you with those concerns and then start the engagement process so that eventually they go, and you're a church? I didn't know a church did this. Yep. And those are all good things in our community because about a third of our community have no attachment to any church at all. And, and that number is not shrinking. That number is growing. Yeah, the, the gap is just ever growing. I mean, the, the long-term trends, you know, if they go along that same path, aren't great. Uh, and also, I'd say an attitude as well. I think I've seen it, it's gone from a, like a neutral attitude towards church and faith to certainly where I am from in Australia, it's gone from a, from a neutral to a negative, just broadly and generally about church. Uh, not about Jesus, like you said, it's, it's very much a, he sounds like a great guy, a teacher, you know, popular misconceptions about who Jesus is, but they trust Jesus, but they don't trust the church, or they like Jesus, but they don't like the church. And I feel like that, that gap is uh, increasing in terms of the mistrust certainly uh, in the places and spaces that I've been in previously in Australia. In England, it's actually quite different. It's, it feels like there's a, a little bit more of an openness towards Christianity. In fact, I was just dropping my daughter off this morning at school and I walked past her classroom and um, all over the classroom windows were uh, pictures of Easter, the Easter cross, the three crosses, the empty tomb, I'm painted. And... Now, in Australia, that would never happen. Um, and the, the society shifted from doing kind of special religious education, whatever it's called, in your country. But in Australia, now you have to opt in to do that. Uh, and here it's still you opt out. Um, but that, so it's, it's kind of that societal shift, which is a big you know, voice in the community that shifts. Um, which, which goes into a little bit about what the message of the book is yeah. that um, churches are, are known for what we're against. Yeah. I mean, we want to be known for something and, and that's a whole lot harder because it's easy to open up the Bible and go, Oh no, there's, that's what our community is doing. Yes. We need to be against that. And like we rally and we, we storm and that message does get out. The media likes to pick up on it. And all they're doing is they're just setting us up as, okay, they're the people who are against everything that you guys are doing. So yes. why would a community say, you know, Mildred, we need to go to church this weekend. Um, let's go, let's just choose any church. Well, they all have this perception that if you're a church, you're against everything. So why do we want to do that? Because, I mean, is there any solution in that? Well, you only get hate, hateful people that want to go to church. Yeah. And some churches that I've gone to, they're all hateful people. And, and it's like, instead, we're called, you know, in, in Scripture, Jesus was sitting there with his disciples, and the disciples are like, well, so how would you know if, how, how should we be known? And Jesus said, well, hey, you'll be known if you have love one towards another. 
So that's like the big message. That's like big C universal church. What should we be known for? We should be known for love. Yeah. However, how does that break down when it comes to the local church, you know, little C church that is trying to reach a community? I mean, we love people. We also want to make sure that we love them in a way that they, they feel it. Yeah. You know, Dr. Gary Chapman, who wrote The Five Love Languages, he actually wrote the foreword to my book. Um, he's a great friend. I, I get that. It's like, you know, love is interpreted differently by the way that somebody receives it versus somebody saying, well, of course I'm loving on somebody. And they're going, I don't feel love. And yeah. a lot of times our churches are trying to love on communities that don't feel it because there's no corresponding uh, purpose between the solution and the concerns that the, the other people are having. So we need to take that step back, take a look at our communities. Who are we talking to? What are, what's the current perception and how do we shift that perception so that they actually start feeling loved? And, uh, and that's what good branding is all about. It's, it's determining that message, that foundational message of what you should be known for. And then how do you interpret that with all your ministries so that your ministries look at it and say, okay, I see that communication thread that we're going to try to, to, to follow with. Um, so how does my ministry help promote that thread? And then the ultimate goal of the church is to allow the congregation to know how to connect that temporal thread with the spiritual thread of Jesus Christ. So you picked up on a really interesting word there, thread. You talk about it in the, the thread principle a little bit. Um, just, just share, just expand on that a little bit. Well, it's interesting because in order to be known for something, you have to control a message. So if I'm, um, you know, if I'm known as a male model, it's because I talk about it or people see, see me saying it or, you know, and that becomes a thread. In the same sense, you know, Jesus uh, in scripture, it says that he removed himself from the disciples. He went a great distance, sat down at a place of need, which was the well, and then he waited. There was no one there, but he knew that he could, um, he could identify people who are coming there from their needs because they all needed water. They were all thirsty. So this, this lady, this unnamed lady, this poor unnamed lady, I wish they would have just said her name was Sarah or something, but the, it's like this woman walks up to him and he immediately knows that he needs to connect on a level that corresponds with the need that she's feeling right at that moment. And that temporal need of water became the thread. So Jesus says, okay, all my conversation from here on in, I'm going to start talking to you about water. We're going to connect on that, that thread, that consistency, that controlled message. And then as you know, Jesus, the great communicator, he was the first church communicator. I mean, he, he knew, okay, I connected on that thread. We engaged. She got, I got her attention. She's paying attention to me. Um, okay, so how do I make that turn and take that thread to the spiritual? And Jesus said, okay, well, what if I could give you water that you never thirst again? What a nice pivot, right? Because instantly she's saying, wow, yes, if all I had was water, I wouldn't be thirsty. And then he's like, well, so I'll give you eternal water. 
And, and of course she listens. Well, we have to look at our communities and we have to figure out, so what is that, that engagement level that's required on a temporal level? It's not a spiritual, not a religious level. How do we just talk to our community so that we don't look like we're preaching at them and we create this thread where we, we you know, severely limit the, uh, the overall arching communications of our church so that one message that be known for something gets, uh, it rises above all the noise of the community so that if everybody, say, say a community is, you know, you do a demographic study, you, you see that, that by far there's a ton of divorce happening in your, in your, uh, your, your community. Well, if you become known for um, how to save your marriage or healthy marriages or whatever that, that thread becomes, then all of a sudden, if every ministry gets on board, people in the community would go, ah, no, 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 don't, don't invite me to church. I'm not coming to church with you. And it's like, yeah, but I hear that you're going through some marriage problems. I don't want you to come to church. All I want you to do is just go to our website. There's like you know, 12 things, there's some articles that you can read, the 10 things that you as a husband can do this weekend so that you save your marriage, that's doomed for failure. So everything's written towards, it's like, how do your children play into this? How do the students play into it? How do adult ministries play into it? So that all, all the external thread, communication thread is, is that people who are suffering in marriages right now Ooh, I don't need church, but I need that. And then you engage with them on that level, but you got to make sure that you take your, I mean, you're a church, you're not just a service organization. You have to figure out, okay, so how do I get that engagement and how do I make that turn so that we see the thread of, of Jesus Christ in all of it, which is the way that the Bible, the 66 books of the Bible, they're all held together with you know, the blood of Jesus that's been drizzled through all 66 books that, that holds it into a cohesive uh, communication device. And that's what we need to do. We need to connect our thread with the Scarlet Thread. Yeah. And, and for those of you listening, you know, it doesn't have to be something um, that you need to create necessarily to control a message. It might be actually something you're already doing. And, you know, so for the church that I'm um, now uh, a part of, you know, our church, we run a, um, kind of like a mother's group on a Monday morning. And there's a hundred families that come to that mother's group. And, you know, there's a need there and they know that the church puts it on. So there's an immediate connection point, uh, but we need to make sure that we connect it where they're at versus where we're at. And sure, yes, we need to pivot and we need to provide opportunities and easy on ramps for people to come along to our Easter services and all that sort of stuff. But we, don't necessarily need to be known with an agenda. We just need to be known for that love and providing opportunities for people to um, connect with the local church. And I guess I'd just encourage everyone listening that it's not a big step to take. It's not a big step. Um, you may not be doing something, but if you are doing something, actually what Mark talks about, that thread, you may already have that thread. You just don't know it yet. And uh, so well, I just, in, in, in fact, I, I would add to that, that it should be something that you're doing yeah. because 
you know, if you, if you decide we're going to be known for something that we've never done before, yeah. uh, you're going to set yourself up for disaster, mainly because, you know, this millennial group, this big bubble of, of people that are, are coming up through that are thinking, okay, you thought my parents were skeptical of your church? Well, we're really skeptical because they, they can check you quickly and know whether you're authentic or not. Yep. And if you decide that you want to be known for something that you haven't really been doing all that well, uh, that inauthenticity is is just going to, you know, corrupt everything that you you say and do. So make sure that you figure out. Okay, so you know, take take a you know a circle and start listing everything in here that, wow, we do all of these things really well. Then take a circle and here's everything that the community really needs. And then merge those circles and find out where that that intersection is, and that's where pure engagement is, so yeah. that you figure out what is it that the community actually needs of you. Yeah, yeah, and it, you also talk about the persona process, and I, I, that you know that links into that kind of that overlap of that those circles really in terms of um, who you're going to reach. So, can you talk to us a little bit about the persona process? Oh, and that is the hardest thing. I, as you know, in the book, I, I talk about the tension that I feel because there's Jesus Christ came to save everyone. His message is for everyone. However, in the agency world, you know, we all know businesses, any business that used to come to us and say, you know, here's our wonderful product. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. So who do you want it to go to? And they go, everyone. I mean, talk about how to set yourself up for failure. And, and what is really crazy is that I recommend that every church should have the tension. Remind yourself your product is for everyone. But the fastest way to get your product to everyone is to pinpoint a particular group of people and really work well with them they will they will end up becoming your evangelists yeah. it's the way that jesus called his disciples i mean talk about exclusion right you know he pulls his disciples in but he knows that i can build a core group of people who understand what we're all about and how we connect this thread into the community so so then train them, let them understand it, and then they'll go out and, and all of a sudden that edge where we think that we're really clearly defining, that edge starts to creep outwards and it's amazing what Jesus will do by limiting who you're actually talking to. And, and even me saying it, I just feel like there's something awful about me saying it, but, but you really need to figure out the small group and communicate effectively to them. Yeah, look, I, I, I've heard the saying, it takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. And that's not to be exclusionist, that's actually just a fact of life. And essentially that's really what you're saying is that, you know, um, for us as a church here in Derby in England, um, you know, one particular demographic that we know we're reaching are refugees. And, you know, so we know um, kind of what you talked about in terms of the need and actually what we're concerned about and what we're active in and what we're doing. And we know that kind of that where those two circles meet and we can create that persona. Now, 
um, that's just one group that we're reaching. We know there's a few groups, but we actually know, we have a clue and an idea about who we're reaching. So I, while I understand it's, it's kind of, um, uh, having come from the same background myself to kind of focus on one group, uh, can feel a little bit kind of agency land, but it's actually, um, it's actually kind of fairly obvious when you actually look at your own congregations and say, who are we reaching um, now? Uh, because if you want to reach someone completely different, like you said, you're going to have to start something new potentially to, to do that. And you really need to just pursue what you're authentically already doing anyway. And, you know, so for us in Derby, it's refugees, um, you know, it's Dave from Derby, typical person that's from Derby. So, you know, we built uh, a profile, but it's not exclusionist. You know, there are people who don't fit those profiles who come to our church. And, and, and I totally agree. I mean, I mean, there's, there's a whole chapter on how to figure out how do you do it so that it's not exclusion yeah. so that, it, that it, it really is helping you just focus your message. You know, we would love if every church had their primary, you know, communication persona so that it's like when I talk to a pastor, so who do you actually target? They would say, Oh my goodness, let me describe who our, you know, church Charlie is. And, and instead it's very rare that any church ever comes up with that, you know, just a primary persona. We, so we, <clears throat> in our process, we recommend a primary, a secondary, sometimes a tertiary. I know that we've worked with some churches that are like, Oh my goodness, but there's this fourth group that we just have to, and be careful if you're trying, all of a sudden it becomes you just trying to reach everybody, but you really have to, to hone in on that, that primary so that they feel your love. They understand you. And if I were to walk up to anyone in the mall near you, and start talking about your thread, they would go, who's that group that, uh, and, and the thing is, is that that's why a lot of times people won't even remember that you're a church. They won't even remember your church name, but they'll remember your thread and they'll remember that tagline. Yes. So that's why we recommend that it needs to be unique enough so that you can get the URL so that somebody who Googles and tries to find you through your thread, you'll be able to, to find them. And that, that goes down a whole other path of, so don't copy the other church down the road because yeah. it doesn't work. You can't get the URL. It doesn't communicate. All of a sudden, it just becomes part of the ongoing noise that's happening. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. So Mark has uh, in his book um, a really practical section on creating a church communication strategy and how that can help you. So I just recommend again, just go check it out because it's not just kind of top level principles. We're actually diving down into the okay. Here's how we can action it. Here's how we can get it going. So I really uh, recommend to everyone just to go check it out. I'll leave a link in the show notes uh, to uh, the website. And um, so Mark, we're going to have to finish it off there. Um, but just tell us where we can find you. Sure. You can find me at uh, most social media uh, under Mark Mac 1023. That's my birthday, Mark Mac 1023. And, uh, and then also the, of course, the 
you know, through my website, be known for something.com as well as be book.com. And then, um, of course, Amazon has an author's page and you can find out uh, all about me and you can download the digital, the Kindle version on, uh, on Amazon. Fantastic. Well, we'll post those uh, links in the show notes and Mark, it's been fantastic to have you on. I'd love to get you back on because I feel like we just literally bounced across like two or three questions there. And I'd love to get you back on just to, to talk a little bit more broadly about what you do and um, dive back into some of these principles. So thanks again for coming on today and sharing what you know. Anytime. The, the pleasure really was mine. Thanks, mate. Bless you. You're listening to stevefogg.com. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mark. Uh, as I said in the interview, I'm going to be giving away one of Mark's books. And all you need to do is visit my blog, leave a comment on why you think you should get this book and share it on social media. That's all you need to do. And you will be in the running to win that book. So and I will uh, announce the winner on uh, this Friday on the 7th of April 2017. So come back on Friday, check it out. And let's see how you go. It could be you. And again, I only give these books away that I really think will make a difference. So, uh, yeah, drop a line, comment, let me know, share it on social media. We'd really, really appreciate for you to spread the news about Mark's books. God bless you. Cheers.